This is the Real Strong People podcast, the show where extraordinary people peel back the layers of their lives to get real about their true stories of finding strength and meaning. But it's not just about inspirational stories. Every episode, we share real, actionable advice for becoming physically and mentally stronger in your own life. As a reminder, statements in this podcast have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Any products mentioned are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I'm your host, Dana Santis, pro sports breathing mobility and mind-body coach known as the Mobility Maker. I am thrilled to introduce everyone to my extraordinary friend, Don Saladino. For over 20 years, Don has coached actors, athletes, musicians, and business execs. He's developed a reputation for training some of the biggest names in Hollywood, including Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively, Jake Gyllenhaal, John Krasinski, Emily Blunt, Liev Schreiber, Sebastian Stan, Anne Hathaway, Zachary Levi, Hugh Jackman, and more. Wow. Let me just pause and pick up all those names I just dropped. And then uh, additionally, Don is frequently tapped as a fitness expert in publications like Muscle and Fitness, Men's Health, and Men's Fitness. He's also been featured in People, Us Weekly, In Touch, Cosmo, Shape, and more. And of course, I'd be remiss not to mention his cover model status, having graced the cover of Muscle and Fitness in 2018. And am I right? I think you're about to be a two-time cover model for, for them. For Muscle and Fitness, yeah. I got, I'm got. i shooting their cover on June 29th. Holy moly. Okay. But although being a celebrity trainer is undeniably super cool, knowing Don as I do, the most rewarding part of his life is being a husband to his incredible wife, Mel, and a super dad to their two children, Amelia and Donnie Jr., as well as your pups, Rigatoni and Sambuca, right? Yeah, Sambuca, who's like sitting here right with me right now, like wanting food. Oh. And hey, Bubba, I'm putting you down. Sorry, there's no food. Uh, wow, that was a nice intro. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Now, before I dive in with you, Don, though, I need to give a quick shout out to the show's forever sponsor, Thorn. Mm. They're a leader in scientific health and wellness solutions, and Thorn makes the only supplements that I take. I know that you, Don, are Me too. also yeah, a big fan Me of Thorn. Me too. It is, it is without a doubt. I mean, I'm, I'm in love with this company. I'm obsessed with this company. I love the people that they give us access to for research. It's incredible. What can I say? I mean, there's. I never like to say there's a best anything, but I feel like you and I are working with the best supplement company in the world. So I'm on it. Absolutely. And if you want to learn more about Thorn, definitely check out the show notes and you can find my referral link there mm-hmm. to learn how you can save 20% Ooh. on all of your supplements. Yeah, um, forevermore. So every Thorn purchase, you can save 20%. So check out the show notes or you can visit mobilitymaker.com forward slash Thorn to learn more. Awesome. Okay. So now that we've covered all the housekeeping and of course dropped all the names, went through your bio. I mean, you are truly an extraordinary person, not just because of that bio, just, I mean, I know you. So thank you so much for coming on. Oh my God. I'm like, I'm like, I'm I'm the one who's honored here. I'm like, I'm so excited. When you asked me, I was like, oh my God, two seconds. I was 
I would have cleared my schedule for you and, you and you know that. So thank you. One of the things that I like to do, because the people that I bring on are friends of mine. So I feel as though I know you in a way that, you know, people who see you on social media, they read your bio, they don't, they don't know you the way that your friends do. Right. And so I want to talk a little bit about that, like that perception that maybe you've encountered that people have of you on social media versus the real Don. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I got into this business, uh, I think it's close to 1999. So what's the math on that? 23 years ago is when I became a coach. So I've been doing this a long time. And, you know, I've had a lot of pivots in my career between strength and conditioning, which has always been an early passion of mine. And then, you know, starting my club, which revolved around golf and golf fitness and then starting to train celebrities. So I think the celebrity angle sometimes I think can kind of fluff things up for me in a way that... I don't know if I, uh, I think I've learned to embrace it because people at this point now, they know how long I've been in the business. But when you hear celebrity coach, you're not always like, oh, this is someone who really took his education seriously or really wanted to learn or continues to want to be a student. And that's not to, to bash. I mean, I know a lot of really smart celebrity coaches out there, but I think sometimes if your name's in that mix, it could add a lot of this influencer fluff type of perspective that most people would assume that I am like. And I, I think I sometimes it couldn't be any further from the, from the truth. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the, some of the covers and some of the publications I've been in, I mean, that's all been amazing and a lot of fun, but when you meet me, it's like Don, the, the husband, Don, the father, Don, the, uh, you know, Don kind of the fitness, it's a weird word, but fitness entrepreneur, someone who really likes to work hard at something that he really loves. It's not about how much money I make. It's about doing the right thing and handling myself the right way and doing the right thing for others. Sometimes in this industry, that's people don't always think that way. You, yes, you've made a lot of good points there. And I've seen you exemplify that in right. terms of doing the right thing, but also just to share with the people listening who might not know you or only know you through that social media perception. I remember, I don't know how many years ago, Don, maybe it was five or six years ago that we met. met. Yeah, probably. Yes. We met at Perform Better. Now, I didn't really know anything about you. And for those of you listening who haven't seen Don, you'll have to look him up. I mean, all of his info is going to be in the show notes. But I mean, he's this beautiful human. Thank you. Who... Yeah, well, you are. You're inside and out, though. So when you don't know him and you just see him at first, and maybe you don't even have that perception, you don't like I was. I didn't know anything about who you trained. I just knew you were one of the speakers that performed better. So there was a reason you had to be there, right? Mm -hmm. And I was coming into the room because I was speaking after you. So you had just finished up. I think you might have even had your hands on your hips. I remember walking up thinking, God, this guy's like Superman, right? Yeah, and and I just thought, but you looked you looked immediately kind of unapproachable because that can be I don't want to say off putting, but for lack of a better word, like you feel like I don't know if I could get in this person's orbit kind of thing right. because you just you you exude so much confidence. But then as soon as I got close enough to you. You made eye contact with me and just immediately you are very disarming and so cordial and um, engaging. And I mean, we started talking like we'd known each other forever. Well, just... I, I knew who you were. I mean, I definitely, you no, know, but no, but seriously, when you're, when you're on that circuit, I think it was early on, I was excited to be working with Perform Better. And, and you almost become like a little bit of a fan to all these speakers out there. And you, 
like the first time I ever went and spoke to Mike Boyle, you're a little, it's funny, I'm working with the biggest celebrities on the planet. I'm getting around Mike Boyle. I'm a little nervous. You know, it's just how it is. And, but that's the beauty of it. And I have not met, I think, one person underneath that roof that performed better who has just been nothing but nice. And even when I was transitioning with work, I was setting up 60 minute sit downs with all of these speakers to just brainstorm. And I can't, I probably, I met with a dozen of them in a day. It was insane. But every one of them were so, happy to contribute and to give their perspective. And you've always been like that. The second you and I met, it was like, all right, noon, I, I've known her for about 10 years already. And that's what it felt like. But that's the beauty of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, you know, to your point, when I met Greg Cook, I was like, can, can we take a picture together? Best. He's the best. Oh, my God. I love those guys. Greg Rose is probably the one I know they're really tight. But Greg Rose is the one who pretty much influenced me to opening my club in the city. We went out to TPI back in, I want to say 17 years ago. My brother was a professional golfer, turned back amateur, and I was getting into working with golfers. And we went through the TPI three-day kind of camp for golfers that we went through. And I met Greg and I hit it off with him. The next, you know, him and Dave are in New York and they're walking through the space of me and they're like, are you crazy? Then there was just like kind of one of those, it was one of those things early on, but I can't tell you how many times I've called Greg confused about something and the times I needed to talk to him, he was there and he'd give me 45 minutes on the phone, an hour on the phone. And that's what the community's like over at Perform Better. You know, I think we're very lucky. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. I had a similar experience with Mike Boyle where he's always made himself available to me if I wanted advice about anything. I mean, Eric Cressy and I have been friends now. I think I've known Eric longer than I've known my husband. Another brilliant mind. Anytime you sit there and you listen to Eric, you're like, oh, wow, okay, that's that's interesting. But yeah, it's a, it's a great group. And anyone listening to this who's not gone to a seminar yet for them, you, you know, you really should. Yeah, well, and you had brought up TPI, Greg Rose and Dave Phillips. And since you brought them up, I do want to give, you know, TPI a plug. You're certified. I'm certified. I, actually, I just did a story for CNN on Phil Mickelson's win. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I texted and asked if Dave could spare a few minutes. And I was on the phone with him eight minutes later. And, yeah. you know, because I needed to get the story out right away. And, and by the way, you guys, if you want to check that out, you can find the link on my website, but or you could just search CNN, Phil Mickelson and my name and, and um, Dave's quoted throughout and he gave such great advice and insights into uh, Phil's training. But this isn't about Dave. I just want to make sure that people know we could what talk TPI about them. is. I love those guys. I'm, we could. Uh, I'm, I'm, but, I'm, I'm huge fans of them. So yeah, absolutely. But I do really, I do want to stick with you because I'm a huge fan of you. And I think everybody listening should be a huge fan too. Um, so we did, we talked about, you know, those misconceptions that people can get on social media. Do, is there anything that you're trying to do um, with your social media in order to let people see a little bit more of the real you or? I think I'm starting to do it right now, which I'm excited about. You know, I, I've really pivoted away from the brick and mortar location in the city, which, you know, I decided to do. It wasn't because of the pandemic. My 15 year lease ironically expired in May of 2020. So when we had a close in March, I paid my final three months and I just got out of there. And well, I was really fortunate because as you know, I've been focusing on digital for a long time. So at that point it was to finally be able to put my eggs into one basket. I've never been able to do that. I was always, you know, between brick and mortar and digital. And I think you can kind of dilute things when you're spread out too thin. 
Uh, I mean, the second I was able to primarily commit to it, I, I think everything for me really cleaned up because I came in and I took that exact same focus that I would take with my brick and mortar and I put it into digital where everyone kind of thinks about that as an afterthought. So what did I do? I brought aboard a part-time videographer at the time who's now working at a much higher capacity. And I've, you know, people on the back end doing things for me that maybe I would have handled or maybe some of my employees at Drive would have handled. So I think from a social media standpoint, Social media can also give off a false perception. I mean, if you look at, you know, I know guys making 300 who have 300,000 followers making 10 times more money than guys who have 3 million followers or girls that have 3 million followers. It's, it's, it's not only about the following. It's about emails. It's about how you're going to monetize content. Do you have something to sell? How are you streamlining all that information? You know, what are you, you know, are you on YouTube? Are you monetizing YouTube? There's all these other things that you need to focus on that, you know, back when I had drive open, I wasn't able to focus on YouTube. So I'm putting more emphasis onto that and it's growing a lot which I'm really excited about. But I think at the end of the day, it's, it's offering value to people, just the right amount of value. Like I give a lot of free stuff and then like allowing them to make the decision, you know, I'm giving you a ton of free stuff, but if you want to step it up, this is how we're going to step it up. And then, yeah, you try and convert them to um, some type of paid subscription or paid program or something, because then you're getting more of a commitment out of them also. It's not only that, yes, I'm making money. We all like to make money, but when you can see someone who's able to commit to something and actually drop a couple of bucks down on something, they're in now. And you hope they're going to commit to it because you don't want them to waste your money. So the way that I look at, at, at digital is the same I look at brick and mortar in the sense of I want every one of my subscribers to improve. So I will sit there and I will be answering questions daily. I will be putting myself out there to try and offer them almost a one-on-one -on -one product, but in an environment that's very scalable. And I think that's why I've shown a lot of success in that area. Well, that, that makes a ton of sense because you, you want to be able to feel like you have that connection with the people who follow you, but you have to manage your time. So making it scalable. And I think it's a good point too, that you're giving away as much content as you can to make their time, you know, following you valuable for them. But there has to be some give and take there, right? We're, we're all trying to run businesses. So I get that. Now, in the podcast, another thing that I, I really like to do, it, because most of us have a strength and conditioning background, obviously we do, you do. Mm -hmm. I, like to, I like to look at what is your definition of strength? So, and it doesn't just have to be physical strength, you know, mental strength, and it doesn't have to be just in the context of, you know, our careers, just when, when you think about what real strength is, what comes to mind for you? I mean, the first thing I think about is really mental strength. It's the first thing that comes to mind, but that's not really the answer that people want to hear. I mean, they want to hear physically. Yeah, but you know, I think, it, I, think it's, I think it's a combination. I mean, it's one thing to see someone really strong in the gym that can't move. Like, are they strong? They're strong at a certain capacity, right? For me, my definition of strength physically would be someone who can apply a level of movement with a level of grit behind it, a level of force be behind that movement. I think it's that simple. But along the way, I think we have to be built a certain way upstairs. And I think that's probably the area that I find most people aren't putting an emphasis into because, you know, it's very easy to go out and get, you know, a thousand certifications. It's very easy to go out and build your body, in my opinion. But are you going to rebound from getting kicked down? You know, I, I, I sat here and I went through all my failures when it came to business and other things. People would be like, wow, that's, that's a lot. And I was like, yeah, it's a lot. And do I regret some of them? 
I don't know if I regret any of them, <laughs> but my old investors wouldn't want to hear that. But, you know, I don't know if I regret <laughs> any of them. I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, we learn from these things, you know, and I've also learned investors come in and they understand there's a, there's a level of risk and everyone's grown adult about it. But I think in our profession, there is so much emphasis put on and building our bodies and trying to build our books. But at a certain point, a lot of people are not built up here to really, truly be able to build a business or, you know, who knows, build a relationship, a family, whatever it might be. And I think work for me doesn't feel like work. I, we, I work hard, but it is so much fun and it is so enjoyable. And um, that's an area in my life, I think over the last year that it wasn't always that way. And now I think I've developed a level of peace of mind out of that, which was, you know, in my grandfather's definition, the number one, ah, dogs, dogs and COVID, sorry. That was my, that was my grandfather's number one definition of strength and, and, and success was peace of mind. I think let's unpack a few things here. Sure. The physical strength part, obviously, as you know, the mobility maker, I'm with you where I think that there has to be strength behind the movement and vice versa. You know, being strong without being able to move is not, I don't think that's optimal strength either. So Correct. it has to be a good combination of the two. But I'd like to really take a deeper dive into what you were saying about mental strength. I think a lot of where you were going with that was like mental and emotional durability. You know, in the face of adversity, can you rebound and still be, you know, have the mental fortitude to, to keep going in, in the face of failures? And, and uh, your grandfather's point about peace of mind is yeah, so important. It's, it's it's huge, but it's also, you know, I think he taught me a lot because I, I looked at how he dealt with people, you know, not to, I've always been someone who's been very concerned about how I deal with people. I, I just, I'm, I'm a nice person. I, I like to help people and I, and I like to, but I, I meet someone that I don't know and I try and handle it a certain way. And I just can't, I can't tell you how many times I've seen things backfire on people where someone, you know, didn't know my name or I would go up to him and want to talk to him and ask him questions. And they were rude, like incredibly rude out of the gate. And I was like, oh, all right. And then I'm getting a call from that person a year later, like trying to get on my podcast or trying to get in with someone they didn't know was the same person. And I was just like in the back, very politely. No, unfortunately, I, you know, I, I can't help out. And I would do that because it's like you confront someone in a, at an NSCA conference to ask them about something they're selling. And they're like, no, I'm trying to lift right now. Like, I'm not going to answer your question. I'm like, are you here to lift or are you here to sell your product? Like, what is it? I had, a, I had a valid question and you're blowing me off now. And that is something that I see happen constantly. And it's an area of our profession that like, don't judge a book by its cover. Don't turn around and assume someone doesn't have money or they're not successful or they don't know the next person. Treat everyone the same. If someone comes to you and they're curious or they're interested or they try and sit there and, and give them five minutes of your of your time, like who who the hell are we? Like we didn't we didn't cure cancer, you know. We didn't invite you know we didn't no seriously. And like I think sometimes you get these specific coaches who walk around like they're in their bubble all the time and they start losing a perception on what reality really is. And 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 it's something that has bothered me a lot in the past. And I just wish people weren't necessarily like it. Sorry about the rant to go off there, but it kind of it was a segue from your question, I I think. I understand that for sure. Especially um, you know, in the context of your example, if you're at an NSCA conference then uh, I mean, the time that you're there, you should be making yourself available to people. Yeah, 
That's crazy. Very, very funny. So, well, I don't blame you for when they reach out later, kind of giving them the Heisman because it hopefully they learn from that, Mm. or maybe they're just oblivious and have like zero court awareness and don't even realize that they ever met you before. It's not even about, it's not even about them learning from it. It has nothing to do with it. It has to do with that there's too many good people in this world for you to have to waste your time on someone who's not. You know, I I like surrounding myself with people with similar values, right? Like you, you and I get along because you're very, very smart, but you're also, you are good at what you do. So I've reached out to you on several occasions, asking questions about areas I'm unfamiliar with. And that's awesome. And you always welcome me with open arms and vice versa. And that's when you start getting around people like Mike Boyle, perfect example, the product I contacted him with, the next, you know, a couple of my business partners are taking a trip up to him. I'm literally Zoom calling with him. Everyone's wearing masks and I'm talking to Mike for one hour as I'm in the airport, you know, about to fly out somewhere. And that's Mike and Greg's the same way and Gray's the same way and Lee's the same way and Chris Poyer's the same way. And I can go on and on and on and on. And those are, when you start seeing all the good, you're like, okay, why do I have to, I need to start minimizing a lot of my world if they have people in there that aren't viewing things the way that I'm viewing it. And I think it, it becomes very toxic when you're in environments with people that are maybe very negative or they're constantly doing things that, that are just not on par with your values, whether they're business or moral. And um, that's another line that I use all the time. It's, it's called clean your side of the street. And if you're sitting here and you're constantly dealing with all this trash that's on your side of the street from people that are just negative in your life, it will weigh you down. That will keep you from being able to excel in a certain direction rather than surrounding yourself with people that can help excel you and that are good people while they're at it. I mean, that's that's what I want to be around. That is such great advice. I mean, that that's a great way to live. I, I'll tell you personally that I feel like I just started to recognize this like it was staring me in the face during the pandemic when you know when our our circle of people who that we could that we could be around on a daily basis got so small then as we started to pull people back in i became much more selective because as hard as it was to pull everything in for such a time you got rid of some of that toxicity some of that negativity and and then as you started to bring people back in, it was like, you know what? I don't want those yeah, people back here. in. Yeah. I know. I, it's, it's, I, I think you're, you're not the only one to admit that. I think it, there was a way to kind of force yourself into almost like almost in hiding. We were in hiding. And then as the doors reopened, you were like, okay, who, you know, I, I'm realizing that person was not helping me. They were actually hurting me. Yeah. I, I think more people went through that than would like to admit it. I mean, it really is very eye-opening. Absolutely. I have a few more questions on this topic, but before we go any further, I do have to take a break here so that we can acknowledge our sponsor. What if you could take the same pre and post workout supplements that the pros use? Now you can with Thorne's elite lineup of NSF certified for sport formulas. Thorne's products help athletes perform at their best by addressing performance issues through testing, database solutions, and premium supplements. It's why Thorne Health Solutions are the preferred choice of 11 U.S. national teams and more than 100 professional teams and athletes across MLB, NFL, NBA, and the UFC. 
visit mobilitymaker.com forward slash thorn and sign up for a free thorn account using my referral link to save 20% on thorn sport performance supplements. That's mobilitymaker.com forward slash thorn. All right, well now, Don, I'd really like to ask you um, about when there might have been a time when that mental resiliency, that that sense of strength that we talked about before, when that might have been tested for you. Wow, uh, there was there was a long period of time at my club, Drive 495. I opened it in 2015. And I remember out of the gate, we were doing really well. And then around 07, 08, we had some problems with, a lot of these financial firms, you know, companies like Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers and Goldman Sachs, we were doing a lot of events. So we had to pivot our business around then and it was tough, but there was a span of time, I want to say, and it was later than this, that, you know, when we got into the app business, we started doing really well with that, but we weren't able to engage our followers and that failed. And then I remember Drive really ran into its ups and downs for about you know, uh, probably six, seven years where it was like, we had great months and then we had like things that would just blow up in our face. And I remember there was a two to three year period of time where I almost felt like I was going to miss almost every payroll in that two to three year span. It's probably closer to three years almost. And I think we might've missed one maybe two in that period of time. When I say we missed it, I meant we were a little late on it. But when you have a club in the city, it's, you know, opening, and this is not to knock, I do not want to come off like I'm knocking any other gym owner in any other place in the country. But Tom Plummer will even admit it. There's opening a spot anywhere in the country, and then there's opening it in New York City. And there is just a different animal. I mean, my last year at Drive, I think we paid hundred. 30, uh, 150,000 in the year in taxes, in just real estate taxes. I mean, my, my rent alone was almost three probably about three quarters of a million dollars a year. So when you have, you know, that type of machine running in the city, it's 15,000 feet. It's, it's, it's a lot of risk. So that's the one area that I don't think, you know, uh, coaches don't really understand. It's not when you, it, 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 it was, it was different. And when you're dealing with an operation that big, and you're running through problems and those problems are not, you know, was the business run poorly? I don't, I mean, I thought we, I thought we did a good job running it. I think there was just, you know, it's like, you're going to get a, you're going to get a certain car to be able to drive a certain speed and you can soup it up and you can do certain things to that engine without pulling the motor out that you're going to top out the horsepower. Like you're not going to get, you know, a Honda to, to run a thousand horsepower in the car, you know, you might get a, a NASCAR, you know, you're going to pull the end. Right. So it's like, I think out of what we had, we really optimized and maximized what we were doing in there, considering the lease we signed, which was at a very young age. I just didn't know. I, I just, you know, we got involved in this space. We got involved in this environment where, you know, I'm really proud to say we did what we did in 15 years and that we actually, paid every month's rent throughout throughout the pandemic even when our lease expired may 30th 31st i think it's 31 days in may right 31 days in may so our lease expired may 31st 
And I was out of there March 16th, which is a Monday. I paid all of March, all of April and all of May. I paid the taxes in, in full. And I was, that was something that was really important to me because of the, the struggles I went through at, a, at an early age in that place. So for me to be able to turn around to the landlord and say, here you go, but there are lessons there as well. I mean, you know, you're trying to do the right thing and then the landlord tries to serve you with a letter saying that, well, there's certain damages you didn't fix. I'm like, there's no damages. Like the place has been in better shape. So yeah, but that's, but no, but these are, these are business lessons. I'm not here to turn around and bash my landlord. But when you, when you think about that, these are business lessons that you learn and it, it helps you develop some thick skin and I can tell you right now, when I went through that place in 15 years, the other business I had going on, most guys in fitness don't go through that. And they don't have to go through that level of, you know, every week, oh my God, our pay period is until X and we owe this amount of money now. And where are we going to come up with a hundred grand? And, or, or just like this, or, oh my God, it's July and our air conditioning just blew up. That's $30,000. Or, oh my God, there's a massive flood and the landlord's trying to, you know, file a lawsuit on me because he's saying it's not coming from our pipes, but it is coming. But, but how does he know? And it, it, you start dealing with this stuff. And in the beginning, you're pulling your hair out, trying to fight the world. And after a while, you just develop this level of resiliency. And um, I'll never forget one of my, I can't mention his name, a very high power client that I worked with. He's kind of a mentor to me. Passed a funny comment. He was like, what are you so worried about? He goes, there's, there's, not, a, there's not a time of the day I'm not, I don't sit on the toilet bowl and someone's not trying to sue me. <laughs> and I just laughed. But it is a very funny comment. It's, it, it's a, he didn't mean that literally, but he was like, relax. Like, he's like, listen, if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to play with the big boys, if you want to do this, you've got to expect at times you're not going to see eye to eye with certain people. They're going to have a perception of a certain thing. You're going to have a perception of another thing, whether it's employees, whether it's your landlord, whether it's the city. And, you know, you're going to have to deal with it. And if you're going to sit here and you're going to cry about it, then, then get off the pot. Like you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be sitting there. Like you should be doing something else. Go work a nine to five. And that's fine. Like for me, again, it's going back to my grandpa's line of peace of mind. There are many people that I know make a very good living who work for someone who go in and they go into work every day and they, they punch in and punch out at a certain time and they have weekends off or summers off or they travel or they get health benefits and they're content, they're fine. It's to each his own. Yeah. Well, it sounds like your friend gave you a giant dose of perspective. But it was great uh, advice yeah. and it actually made me feel better. I, I remember when I, when I heard that a while ago, I was like, dude, grow up. Like you wanted this, like we're going to cry right now because so-and-so's, you know, no, like, like grow up and, and deal with the situation and, and, you know, be a man and, you know, figure it out and you'll figure it out. Some of the most extraordinary decisions I've ever made in business were when my ass was against the wall and I'm sitting to myself, oh my God, like I'm not going to wake up tomorrow morning with this. And then you're up brainstorming, you're up walking all night. I mean, one of my good friends can't mention his name again. Everyone will know who he is but he had a problem with a major online business that he had where early on he had to come up with a couple hundred grand over a weekend and he launched some promotion. And that Monday morning, he woke up when the promotion went off a half hour in and he just looked down at receipts showing up on his phone of everyone purchasing this promotion. And he raised a quarter more than, I think he needed like five or 600,000 
throughout that weekend and he ended up doing something remarkable to generate like 800,000 in revenue and those numbers might be accurate but when you are when your ass is against a wall and you have to sit there and you have to really truly brainstorm and you have to think it is something that I, I you know I hope most people aren't in the situation where they have to do but in a way I want them to be because you're like, wow, how did we think of that? Wow, how do we make that connection? Wow, we're throwing balls in the air and we're literally just trying to, you know, just throw a hundred different balls in the air and making phone calls and contacts and how can you help or a bridge loan or this and that. And then, and then you know, I'm, I'm still here. Like I'm, I'm here and I'm in better shape, you know, knock on wood than I've ever been. So you start saying to yourself, if I didn't have that, if I didn't have those situations where I had to go and I had to fight and I had to, figure it out. If someone was always there to bail me out, would that, you know, would that really put me in the place I am now? And I think the answer is no. What, what is it? Circumstances don't define the person, they reveal them. Yeah. And I, I think when we're put in those circumstances, we can either give up and say, yep, I, you know, I wasn't cut out for this. This isn't working for me. You know, blame the this that you actually were the person who created that. But I, I see so many people say, yeah, this is not working for me. And never assume you understand what's in that person, what's going on in their life. Like I was in situations in business where I was dealing with things that behind closed doors, people had no idea. And they were making assumptions. Well, you, your, your team should be in golf shirts. Like everyone should be wearing matching golf shirts. And I'm like, all right, like I'm trying to make payroll and I'm trying to keep the AC, you know, I'm trying to turn the AC back on. Like, do you think I'm thinking to myself, like, do you think I need to spend five grand on golf shirts right now for my entire team? Like that can wait. It'll be okay. I remember, I remember stuff like that happening back in 08. You know, this is, you know, 13, 14 years ago. And I remember how angry it made me. And then I, it took me years to realize like they just didn't know it's them being naive they have no idea trainers on the floor who think they know the situation trying to give advice or like coming to me you don't know what's going on you don't know what's happening behind closed doors so i don't know i i, I think it's always easy to assume that's a very good point going back to and you just brought it up again the the thing about payroll i mean you said that there were two to three years that every payroll, you yeah. were under this stress of worrying that you weren't going to be able to make payroll. Yeah. That is an inordinate amount of stress to have to deal with yeah. um, and, and pressure. And how did you deal with that? I mean, that's, all, that's chronic stress over a long period of time. That it's can terrible. debilitate it, it people. Could, it, could, it could kill you. Um, how did I deal with it? I, deal, I dealt with it because I, I had to. I was in a lease that I couldn't get out of. I had a team that I was responsible to deal with, you know, and I couldn't leave them on their ass. You know, people were depending on me and I dealt with it because I had to, I, I took, you know, I ended up taking, you know, much less money from the business. Uh, you also had valuable employees in there that were coming in wanting promotions and you had to figure out like you're at a time where you can't do it, but you want to keep this person on. So you got to, you know, there's just, there's just things as a business owner, you realize they're tough decisions you have to make. You deal with it because you have to. Right. But I'm sorry to interrupt yeah, you, but no, please. I don't, I don't want the solutions because obviously you dealt with it and you did really well. I, I want to know about you, Don. Oh, you, oh personally. The stress. My yeah, family. personally. So definitely my family. I, I think the thing that helped me out was every day I came home to my wife, who is, you know, she's my business partner now. And I, I can tell you one thing, our business wouldn't be doing what it's doing right now if it wasn't for her. She's an incredible mother also, but coming home and picking up my kids every day, laying in bed with my dogs, certain things, just, 
you know, being, a, I have faith. I trust that it's going to be okay. I'm always someone that's like, listen, you're going to be all right. Like 50 years from now, it's, it's over for most of us. Like, it's just like, you got to trust that you're going to get through this and you got to believe it. Whoever you believe in, whatever you believe in, you got to believe. And, you know, yeah, I, I think there was many, you know, many days walking into church and just saying, getting me through this. There were many tough times. And then having to show up to work the next day and put a smile on your face and act like nothing was wrong. Like you're, you're not going to build a good business that people see that, or they think that you're, you know, always like, there's always issues going on, but there were for a while. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to tell you, Oh, wow. Yeah. It was like for 15 years, I was like this, like bullshit. Like we went through, we went through a lot of problems, but again, I decided to play that game. I have no right to complain. Like I made that decision. I was an adult. You're getting into that risk. You either deal with it and you suck it up or you, you fold and you say to yourself, this isn't for me. You don't point the finger and blame someone. You know, this is, this is on me. So yeah, I, I was able to get through that because of my family and my support system. And I had an, I have an incredible family and support system. I mean, all the way down to my parents, like just stopping by and having a cup of coffee and then putting their arms around me, like stuff like that helped me out so much. And that allowed me to leave certain days just saying, okay, you're going to, you're going to get through this no matter what, like if the, what's the worst thing that can happen? Like they put a lock on the door you're embarrassed, you're thrown out, never happened, but you'll figure out a way to bounce back from that. As long as my family's not sick <laughs> and nothing happens to any, nothing tragic happens to anyone in my family, like, come on, man, I'm going to be, I'm going to be tough and I'm going to be able to take it. And I, and I learned that attitude. I learned, I, I learned how to deal with that. So um, now, fortunately I sleep pretty good and my kids are healthy and my dogs are awesome. And they're just sitting over there kind of hanging, waiting for me to be done. But listen, is there ever stress? Yeah, there's going to be things that are stressful, like, you know, but like right now when we, when we be, I don't think anyone heard this because we were talking before you started re-recording, but I haven't had a kitchen for three months. People are like, are you stressed out? I'm like, I'm not stressed out over a kitchen. Like I, I we literally have two of my three bathrooms are down. My kitchen, my living room is gone to the stuff. I'm not stressed out over that. I almost missed three years of payroll. Like I'm looking at that going, okay, when they, when they, when the permitting goes through, like how lucky and how blessed am I to be able to be in the situation to be able to do this or build this monstrosity of a barn in my backyard right now, or do all this stuff with my home. Like that to me is it's not, people get stressed over that. I had a friend the other day, I'm so stressed about my wedding. I'm like, you're marrying a beautiful woman. Don't stress over a wedding. Like I grew up in the wedding environment. I worked, I worked at weddings for 10 years. My family's in the catering business. I cannot tell you how many people I saw become stressed, so stressed out on the happiest day of their life. Over what? Like enjoy the evening. Like enjoy your beautiful wife or beautiful husband. Like I'm not gonna stress out over that stuff. I, I just I pray every night that our family's healthy. That's me is basically it. That's a wonderful perspective to have and, and actually leads into the last part of the show, which is, and I've been taking copious notes as you've been talking because there's so many really actionable pieces of advice that you've given that, that can apply to anyone in terms of when they're facing adversity, it, pers taking personal responsibility, um, you know, understanding the risk before you take it and then taking personal responsibility because you went in with your eyes wide open and then you even ran down like what's the worst case scenario i think it's really important for us right to to imagine what is the worst case scenario and as long as my family is healthy the people that i care about are healthy right the stuff sucks i mean it sucks there's not one successful person that i've never that i'm sorry that i've ever worked with that hasn't gone through like God, I worked with Calvin Klein for three years, like one of the most recognizable names ever. Like he, he told me a story where he didn't know if they were going to make it in his business. You know, my buddies who founded major clothing companies at that level, 
who are like literally sleeping in their office for two or three years, you know, not able to take a salary. Like it's, there is a pattern here. And I'm not saying that if you get in a business and you start doing well, like ride that way, baby. Like I'm not telling you that. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm not saying that, but if things start going really shitty for you, like just it's business, you will figure it out. It's going to happen. Like how many people during COVID or the pandemic lost their restaurants or lost their gyms or, were in a specific business or were trying to sell a home and, and had to carry this property or something, or, or God forbid, someone got sick or died. How about that? Like, that's terrible. Like we're right. going to be able to, we're, we're resilient. We're going to be able to bounce back from all those other things that are a little, you know, at times they're important. I'm not saying they're not important, but it's business. You know, it's, it's like, you're going to be okay. You're going to figure it out. Right. Well, in another way that you're going to be okay, based on some of the things that you've shared is we, I mean, we talked about having a, a support system with your peers and the people you admire in your industry and, and being able to talk to them and reach out to them for advice and, and then having a strong family support system. If you're lucky enough to have a family support system, I Personally, I have my husband. I don't really have a family outside of my husband, but I have people like you in my life that, you know, my friends are my family. So oh, that's awesome. I think, I think you made some really good points, though, about the strength of those support systems really helping to um, strengthen you in those, those times when your strength was tested. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, it was um, having that in your life and having people that you can speak to or... You know, that's, that's very, it was, it was very important. And um, listen, no matter what, I would have gotten through it because I had no choice. Right. But um, it was, it was nice to be able to have that. It was nice to be able to talk to people and know that certain people had your back. So that to me was really important. Yeah. And then lastly, two things that you brought up that I think go hand in hand, um, faith, having faith. Yeah. And in whatever it is that you believe in, but having a strong sense of faith. And then also you just brought this up uh, when you were talking about your friend being stressed out about his wedding, but having gratitude, like being able to see what you have, even in the face of, you know, the possibility of losing some things or things being difficult in the moment, being grateful for what you have. Like you don't have a kitchen right now for three months, you haven't had a kitchen, but being grateful for the fact that you're going to be able to have this spectacular kitchen when all is said and done. Yes, I'm thinking about it now. It's almost March, April, May. Yeah, it's going to be going on, yeah, three and a half, four months. I mean, yeah, but these are not, in my opinion, these are not issues. These are not issues. We make them issues, right? Like We're so lucky like, to have them as have issues. Them. Like, if you, yeah. <laughs> you're like, you use microwaves? I'm like, yeah, I'm using a microwave right now. Aren't you afraid it denatures your food? I'm like, no. Like, I'm trying to eat. Like, I, I got to prep for a cover. Like, I got to do the best I can. What do you want me to do? Not eat? Like, what am I, what am I supposed to do here? Like, it's, guess what? Like, my body's been great and I feel great and it's all good. It's just... I think sometimes we, you know, some woman reaching out to me like, it's cold water bad for you. Uh, I, I, oh my God, I, I would hate drinking room temperature water. I'm like, so drink cold water. <laughs> what do you want? Like, <laughs> what? Because some research is showing that there's this minuscule improvement about how our body has to convert the cold to room temperature and it spends all bullshit. Like it's, it's, we, we can't, and this is the same person asking me this is someone who can stop drinking five, six nights a week. Like stop drinking so much. Like stop worrying about it. It's just like, we prioritize. It's like the person going out to dinner and ordering gluten-free and they're not, you know, it's fine. I, I believe you're right. Gluten's not great for us. Like we don't need, we don't need to have it. But like I've had plenty of gluten in my life. I'm fine. 
I'm going to be okay. I just think like sometimes we start hearing things and we blow things out. We got to relax. As a society, we have to relax a little bit. I think we have to be a little bit more present with our with our families and our life and our work and just try and enjoy this moment, right? Like today, like this is not, I was not, I don't get stressed about doing this stuff. Like you and I are on here having a conversation. Like we're two friends talking and you get an right. opportunity to hear me rant and start, you know, going off on my tangents, which I do a lot of, but no, that's all good. That's who I am. No, they're all fun tangents. And again, valuable info for people um, because now you brought up another another piece of advice and, and it's something that so many of us forget and we we lose perspective and then our priorities aren't in order. Like your example of your water is room temperature or it's cold, but you're drinking, you know, way too much alcohol. Yeah. Maybe, maybe look at the alcohol before we worry about, you know, the amount of water that, or the temperature of the water you're taking in. Yeah. Like, yeah. With so many of us, isn't that like just missing the forest from the trees? We just... Yeah, or like I said about the microwave, it's like if someone's at work and they're like, well, I can't eat my meals cold. I'm like, well, do you have a microwave? But microwave is bad for you. I'm like, you were eating one meal a day. I'm trying to get you to eat more. You're willing to eat more. So microwave your food. Well, it's not as good, is it? No, it's just fine. Like you're going to be okay. (laughs) Like it's going to be okay. Uh, don't nuke your food for 10 minutes, you know, give it a little zap and take it out and, you know, and, and, and try and enjoy your meal because that's important also. So it's just, I don't know. It gets a little frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough for um, for this conversation, for making the time. It means so much to me. And uh, I want to make sure that people, and we're going to put all of this in the show notes, but oh, that people can find you. So please let people know where they can find you and then any new projects or products or anything you want to let people know about. So yeah. go for it. Yeah, really excited. So I mean, my Instagram handle is easy. It's Don Saladino and um, everything I offer is pretty much at donsaladino.com. So you can just go to donsaladino.com and all the companies that I'm partners in and I work with. I mean, we've got a lot of fun stuff going on. And yeah, just so I'm not boring everyone, just go on to donsaladino.com, check it out. I mean, Thorne's a great company that I work with. I've got about, I'd say about seven other companies that I'm heavily involved with. I've been having a great time with their marketing and helping them develop their product and their strategy and stuff like that. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, a couple of clients, I'm not working with a ton of people anymore, but I'm working with a few. I have some projects coming out. Any Hathaway right now has got something coming out. Ryan Reynolds. Blake Lively, uh, Sebastian Stan. I was just with him in California. He's playing Tommy Lee in that new Tommy Lee Pam Anderson movie, which is going to be a show. I'm sorry, show. It's going to be absolutely insane. Uh, so yeah, it's just work's been work's been a lot of fun. And thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Once again, we'd like to thank our primary sponsor, Thorn. If you like what you heard today and want to support the show, visit the link found in this episode's show notes, or simply go to mobilitymaker.com forward slash thorn and sign up for a free thorn account using my referral link to receive 20% off all future individual thorn supplement purchases. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. The Real Strong People podcast is available for streaming on your favorite platform. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to join us next time.